The Full Exposure Podcast is brought to you by Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn, in appreciation of the creative and artistic visionaries who enrich our lives through cultural connections. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of Full Exposure with me, your host, Brian Kelly. Today's guest, Josh Sikima, a director of music videos, not just little videos. We'll get into it. He's also a commercial director and is uh, starting to shoot some and direct some uh, feature films, some short films, which is why he was in Grand Rapids and he was able to sit down with me in my studio. We shot some portraits before our conversation, which is the, that's what happens here at Full Exposure. Is uh, First thing that happens is a guest comes to the studio, we shoot some portraits, and then we sit down and talk about whatever we like. But with Josh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, his client roster, uh, you know, he's really cut his teeth as a director in the music business, the R&B business. Uh, here are just some of his uh, client base uh, that he's worked with recently. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Perhaps you've heard of that iconic, legendary, Grammy-winning production duo, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. He's worked with Maya, Soraya, Snoop Dogg. He's Snoop Dogg recently, like worked with him, hung out with Snoop Stokely. He's got a billboard number one uh, uh, that uh, Josh directed the video for and um, nominated, Grammy nominated, Ryan Destiny. Um, He's also a commercial director, as I mentioned. Uh, One of his clients is Lotus. And what is Lotus? Lotus is luxury sports cars. Do you remember do you remember the the Lotus Esprit in the mid '80s? That sports car. Oh my gosh! Uh, anyway, he directs commercials for Lotus. He also directs commercials for Margaritaville, the hotels chain. It's it's incredible what he's been able to do. In this conversation, we cover his early days in Grand Rapids, uh, working behind the scenes at Wood TV. And his early break with them, and and we discuss mentorship and the path of his career. But we also talk about this uh, short film that he was in town in Grand Rapids for, uh, which was to shoot uh, Something in the Clouds, which is uh, an incredible uh, short film, very powerful, covers some very, very heavy topics, which uh, we talk about later in the podcast. But... um, Josh is just somebody I admire. He's somebody who's, uh, you know, at such a young age, he just turned 29, and he has uh, made uh, just incredible progress in Los Angeles in the music business. And uh, that's just whetting his appetite to do so much more. And it's so great to talk to somebody with creative fire and energy and just as a good dude and also... Never forgets his hometown. He's got several more projects uh, lined up to do right here in Grand Rapids. And uh, he lives in L.A., but Grand Rapids is always on his mind. And how he can uh, further the creative process in West Michigan, in Grand Rapids, and develop things uh, here to shoot, to produce, and make an impact on the community of Grand Rapids. So let's chop it up with Josh Shikama. Let's explore the bigger picture with my man, Josh Sikma. Here's an interesting trivia question for you. After Michigan, what would you guess is the second 
Our audience, our second largest state audience in the country after Michigan. If you had to guess for the Full Exposure Podcast. Chicago? California. California. Or, uh, oh, no. you said state. State. I'm not listening. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be... It wouldn't you're going to need to listen I know. from <laughs> here on out. You're going to have to be present. So it's, Chicago's not that... Really, I would no. I mean, guess Illinois is in there, but I'm saying like overwhelmingly Illinois, okay. in in so this very it's, it's secure California. Okay. number in two what, place. Where in California? They're all over, but mostly LA based. And I think what it is, it's a lot of Grand Rapids or Michigan expats are going back. Are yeah, listening? Well, they're yeah. That's what I mean. Online, yeah, going back and listening. they found yeah. the podcast somehow. That's but awesome. it's like solidly more than Great Lakes states. Really, you know, Indiana, okay. Ohio, like you know, yeah. close to us. Love that. It's really weird, but it's. I think it's great. Yeah. And then we did a whole swing last fall. This is just pre-roll stuff. But yeah, anyway, yeah. the uh, we did a whole swing last fall where we went. Uh, we shot five episodes out in LA. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that right. I did see that. Yeah, and you did. Uh, you had we a, did a, a friend of mine, Stacy Heideck, yeah. who's an actress, soap yep. actress, yep, and talking, then we yep. did uh, Carter Osterhouse, who mm-hmm. used. He's got Bonobo Winery. I watched, yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, yeah. And then um, that was in Malibu. That was dope. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we shot, gosh, who else? Um, oh, Rob Bell, the pastor, yeah. moved out there. And then there was a couple other ones that we did. But that was a good swing. And, um, yeah, and then Metro Health has been able to help us. They underwrite a lot of that content. And so I was telling, telling my girlfriend about that, that you got Metro Health to involve. And what is their involvement? Like, do they just support and then post? Yeah, they're well? an advertiser. So okay. um, basically they want to underwrite cool stuff. And I'm using their words. I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying we're cool. But yeah. they, they really want to support arts, culture, entrepreneurship outside of, like, the notion of a billboard ad Love or that. like, you yeah. know, uh, some digital ad yeah, on, yeah, yeah. to, you know, increase their number of uh, exactly. people in their, yeah, yeah. in their healthcare yeah, network. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, it's kind of goes into their arts and culture bucket, but they, um, but yeah, they've been super supportive they just renewed too, which I did not expect because of COVID and the hospital system yeah, we just got that. gutted. Yeah. 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 So grateful for them to be back on board because we're going to get, a lot of horsepower from that. out of uh, from them to do some cool stuff. Yeah. So, well, Josh Sekuma, man, thank you. Thanks for popping by. Thank you. You are uh, straight out of GR to LA, back to GR, and then going to go back to LA. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but um, tell me briefly, because uh, I am just I can't wait to get the meat of your last three to four years, because what's been happening for you has just been uh, a rocket ship. In just you know, watching from outside, <laughs> but um, just you know, your GR guy, you're back briefly. Just I'll set for the audiences. You're back here to sh- shoot a short film with uh, with uh, Johnny, your partner, in this film, and then uh, a couple of other people that are involved. But um, where did you where did you grow up? Where where, where was high school for you? Because the majority we were just talking about listenership. Yeah, it's definitely a West Michigan podcast, but at the same time. Uh, for you, like where where did you come up? Grew up um, over on the northeast side of Grand Rapids. Me too. Yeah, so I'm off uh, three mile in the Beltline, dude. Dean Lake. Dean Lake, right over there. Um, so grew up. I went to Forest Hills uh, first, Northern. Then they built that brand new building, Forest Hills Eastern. Went yeah. there all the way from uh, middle school to high school, and then um, yeah, 
born and raised Grand Rapids, just the northeast side. So really quickly after high school, what did you do after high school? Did you go to college locally at all? Okay, or so there were, just... yeah, that's a good question because <laughs> there was a lot of opportunity for me to. Um, I just think uh, with my circumstances and, um, yeah, it just, it just didn't work out for me. Um, but I definitely was looking at the local film school mm-hmm. um, and uh, just financial reasons I couldn't get there. Um, my parents weren't able to um, fund that portion of my life, even sure. though, you know, we all hope, you know, it just wasn't in the deck of cards for me. Uh, so I tried my, you know, my luck at GRCC, yeah. uh, local community Same. college. I think uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, just because of our yeah. conversation a month ago, uh-huh. I, I feel like I'm looking at a, a 25, 30 year old younger version of me. So in some ways it's for me, hilarious. For me, that is uh, amazing. Thank you. That's like, you know, like, you know, how much may I not have, be a good thing. You know how much respect I have for you. You're so talented. So, um, so GRCC, uh, first semester you have up until so much time to cut all your classes and you get all the money back. Right. Yeah, right. So I had a preloaded card. Uh, the visa that they give you yeah. and um, it's government loan, FAFSA, right? Yeah. Everybody gets a five grand, yeah. no matter your income status. Um, so I, you know, cut all my classes and uh, dropped them all, dropped off the books, returned everything, got five grand back on a preloaded card. Um, and then I went and bought my first camera and laptop. And that's how I, I started. That's how you got started. And that was my long term. Um, financial first loan that the government gave me and uh, turned out to be a high interest uh, blessing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your first camera just out of curiosity? Uh, you Canon get? XHA1. Because you're basically forget. stealing money to the camera. I'm yeah. just curious which yeah, yeah. one you got. It was the Canon XH, XHA1. Yeah. Um, it was a mini DV, if yeah. you remember those. Yeah. And it did 1080i, which was a big thing then. Yeah. Um, and that was like, you know, that was the first. And then I got a Mac. And that, for me, like, you know, it was the right. big, thick MacBook Pro. Yeah. But I got, like, I had it. You know what I mean? And I was, like, rocking. I didn't but know what I was going to do with it, but I knew it. Yeah. You're like, open I, that yeah, up. Exactly. And then you had to get the, you know, the DV cable to plug <laughs> in. And, you know, it was the whole thing. I feel like cool. all music videos were made on that Canon camera. And yes. it seemed like at the time when that broke, that was the, the camera. That now. was it. Because then the 5D Mark II came in. Yeah. And when they hacked that, that was like the, the big thing is getting 1080, 1080p yeah. out of that. So. Well, that's what changed my career in entering into video was that particular camera. I was shooting Canon, mm-hmm. bought the new 5D Mark II, and I'm yeah. like, what's this thing? It shoots video. I didn't ever want to learn that Canon yeah. camera, <laughs> video camera. I didn't want to learn video. Yeah. And at that moment, like YouTube was breaking good bandwidth, mm-hmm. HD, companies just starting to think about telling stories yes branded content Mm -hmm. like in it was literally it fell in my lap and i was like i think i have some clients that might let me play and experiment exactly and that's how i got started and then eventually started hiring dps and then producing and directing and now i just i don't i don't really shoot video Mm-hmm. You know, I can if I have to. Yeah. But I don't even know this camera that's on me right now. I bought it a year ago, maybe. Yeah. This Black Magic camera. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. I can turn it on. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, really, when you break down the science of using a camera, it's all the same thing. So it's all, um, you know, it's just subjective to what camera you're using. Yeah. 
but the basis of exposure and all that, that's all just within the body oh, yeah. of the camera. No, so but like I'm the sure. codex and the, oh, you know, yeah, I yeah, know, that, know just enough about is, like yeah. frame rate and, you know, I, what with photography, it helps yeah. with color temp and yeah. Kelvin and, exactly. you know, getting a look and a, certainly lighting all my life has helped with mm-hmm. video stuff and working with DPs and gaffers and things like that. But anyway, so you, uh, you basically... Um, you you basically finagle a laptop and a camera, mm-hmm. and what was your plan? Like I you, that had to be a calculated thing. Yeah. I'm going to GRCC. I'm going to get this grant. I'm going to bail out just enough time where I can get, then keep the money and go do this stuff. Yeah, it was really a thing I hid from my parents at first. Yeah, because um, I was living at home, and uh, during that time I was working at Little Caesars. Yeah, and uh, which, which pizza, branch? I probably came uh, in there. Nap, Nap Street, Nap Street. Oh, and, where the video place was. Yes. Yes. Got it. Home and video? Home, yeah. Fa- yeah. Family home video. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was working there, and then, you know, I just really felt like I wasn't... Everybody creatively has this moment where you're like, I just don't fit in. You know, I, I don't belong. I don't, I don't feel mm-hmm. right here. You know, I just got to get out. So um, that was my kind of get out moment where I was just like, you know what? I can't do this. This isn't for me. This is my own money at the end of the day. You know, and I didn't hide it from my parents for a little while mm-hmm. um, until they Are got. Are they still mad at you? No, that's good. It kind of worked out for you. It worked kind of, somewhat. <laughs> um, but you know, turning turning a, another leaf when I you know had the camera, had the laptop, um, I you know I was kind of in that stuck phase where I was like, okay, now I got this stuff, and I think I was thinking for some reason I was going to buy it and magically everything was going to fall into place. Yeah. Not how it happened. Right. Um, so the, the blowback from my parents finding out was, hey, you know, you need to either get out of the house or you need to find yourself a full-time job. Um, because I was working Little Caesars. Yeah. It was like a part-time job. Sure. You know, I worked that all the way through high school. So there was nothing really for me to do at that point but be like, well, I need to, you know, it's bootstraps. I got to figure it out, you know. I made this mess, so it's time to go back to the drawing board. Um, So I remembered I had made a contact um, in high school. We did something called Junior Achievement. Yeah, yeah. Um, J.A., baby. J.A. Hey, they... I know, my brother did it. I never did it. My older brother did. So we had a Junior Achievement job shadow in uh, junior and senior year through my broadcasting high school program. We had a beautiful state-of-the-art yeah, studio. Yeah, you did. Awesome. I've seen it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's like a newsroom. It, it, it it's is glorified. A yeah, I mean, it is, it is a newsroom. It's better than some colleges. Yeah. Um, better so, than GRCCs, I'll tell you that. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I went to the drawing board. I was like, you know what? I remembered when I went on this job shadow, and instead of being down in the cameras and stuff, for some reason I went up to the third floor, the building at, at Wood TV. And we did, we did this whole job shadow. We went mm-hmm. for a day, went to Wood TV, got to experience the, the high schoolers come through. We, do, you know, we take notes for junior yeah. achievement um, and experience one day in television broadcast. So instead of hanging in the newsroom, I went to the f- third floor and I met this lady by uh, the name of Diane Kanowski. Yeah. Um, and at the time she was, she was GM, running the show. Running the show. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, still had that business card that I took from that job shadow. Yeah. And uh, so laptop and camera in hand, I was like, let me just call her, um, set up some meetings and we started getting coffee and food and. Uh, every month it was a thing. I was working at, you know, I was still working at Little Caesars, but my parents were 
they were like, okay, you're actively trying. So we're going to give this kid a shot. We yeah. know like this. Bought you some time. Bought me some time. So finally, um, there was a thing called WOTV4 for women that she yeah, was developing. Yeah. Miranda, all those people. Exactly. Yeah. So this Lori's was a friend of ours. I ended up coming in right as that's being developed. Yeah. She's got the whiteboard with everything in her executive office. So she brings me back one day after lunch. And we get into her office, and she's just like flushing out ideas. I go, listen, I got you know, to tell you, like, I dropped out of college. She's like, what? You know? And I said, yeah, I dropped out of college. And she goes, okay, what are you going to do next? Um, and I really loved that that was like, it wasn't a defining, cause I was kind of scared. I was just like, yeah. what is she going to think of me now? You know, is she still going to, cause. Because when, when you met her on that job shadow and that day at Wood, you just met her and then continued that relationship just as kind of like a mentor in the broadcast ex- industry. Exactly. You were just like and, a touch base every so often. And the, and the thing in the TV broadcast world, it's like your junior, your senior year of, of college you can then get a real internship with them. And usually they're more likely at like a station like um, this market in Grand Rapids, you can turnkey and be, go from an intern and they hire within. Yeah. So, but I had just dropped out of college. Right. So, um, it was great. She's flushing out ideas. She's like, Josh, go out, just go shoot some stuff for me. Ask people on the street, some questions, some field questions, do some spec work for me. That was all spec. spec. Just like you were auditioning basically. Yes. And so um, finally, um, I get to a point months later where I was like, this spec work is beautiful. Thank you so much. Parents are not happy yet. This is not a full-time job. I'm going to be booted from my house and going to have to live on my own, you know, if I don't make something shake. She's like, okay, well, let's get back to the station. Let's try to figure out where we can, you know, fit you in, which was amazing. Yeah. Starts flipping through jobs. Nothing. I mean, it's like accounting, sales. I'm like, yeah, there's nowhere, there's nowhere right. near anything for me to do. You're like, janitor, I'll do anything. Exactly. So I leave that meeting and get a call three days later. And a weekend overnight position opened up at Wood TV. Um, and it, and she, goes, she calls me. She's like, hey, you're going to come in. You're going to interview just like I would do with anybody else. Yeah, I am the GM, so my influence is pretty heavy. Yeah. But you still need to put in the work. Great. Put on my best suit and tie, walk into the interview. She's there. It was great. Um, the station manager at the time interviewed me, and obviously her recommendation was amazing to have. Yeah. So um, I ended up getting that job, and I worked um, as a 19-year-old. I was a, I was a hired there at 19. You um, said it was overnight? Weekend overnight. So I worked yeah. Nightcrawler. You know the movie Nightcrawler? Yeah, yeah. I worked midnight to noon the next day. Yeah. Um, I did that for Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday during the day, I worked a day shift. That was the only day shift they gave me. So you just kept working through, kept like, working through. like a 24-hour shift. Exactly. Almost. Wow. Um, so I ended up working that for two and a half years. Um, and and so I was, what was your role? Were you, do, were you a camera? Were you a yeah, photojournalist? So, so I was a photojournalist. I was on call. Mm-hmm. So I had a cell phone. Spot news. I had my own um, car I would take home mm-hmm. to my parents, still living at my parents' house for those two A and wood and a half years. car are you talking about? A wood car, yeah. Get out of me, here. You know, they get, you know, when you're what 19. What kind of street cut do you get? I know, that? and so I imagine I'm Little Caesars. Here's a fun mm-hmm. little story. All the, Wait. All the photos. I have to ask. Yeah, yeah. Could you pull, could you pull chicks with the wood TV car? 
Yes. I know your girlfriend's here, but yes. we're going to pretend she's not here. Yes, right now. Okay, it, was, it was. That's all I needed to know. Yeah, it was I definitely. Told, it was a talking. I don't need point. any more details. Okay. I'm just thinking about young Josh at 19 rolling yes. in the wood TV car. Yes, um, that was arm out the window. Yes, I know. I thought I was really cool, <laughs> and you know my background with that. Um, I did think I was cool for for a while, um, but what really came about of of that is I was I I figured you know what why stop here. I was really comfortable, you know, but I was like, you know, this TV thing isn't for me. There was a lot of yeah. just overnights you see a lot of things and it doesn't really, you know, sit well with you as you start thinking on those things that you see, car accidents, fires, you know. Oh, you see the worst terrible, of, uh, the worst you know, of if, it, if it burns, it, what is it? If it bleeds, it leads. Bleeds, thank you. Um, so also, if it burns, it leads. It's, you know, they need to modify A good house fire, <laughs> it was terrible. A good house <laughs> fire always sells. Um, but what I ended up doing is I was like, okay, let me tap into the local community. So I started shooting local hip-hop artists. I went to the intersection, local venue, started shooting shows there. So my hustle was then, yes, I had to work at midnight, but I would go catch a show at yeah. 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. Yeah. and then head right off to work. Yeah. Um, so I got into this rhythm where I ended up shooting stuff and then going to work, doing the work, yeah. and then going home and not sleeping and working. Yeah. So I'd stay up when I, I mean, I would work 18 hours, like just straight through. I think the only thing is, you know, when my impression is if you're, if you're coming up in the video game, mm -hmm. especially in that era, which wasn't necessarily that long ago, but it seems like it must seem to you like a million years ago at yes, this it point, does. Yeah, yeah. but there's no shortage of music videos that can be made exactly. of any level yeah. artist in any community. Like mm -hmm. that's the thing, and believe it or not, this is a true story. Like uh, four, like four or five nights ago, I was shooting my drone. I had I was I had a client who wanted like uh, Autumn Grand Rapids of air, drone footage, yep, and then stills. So I'm down at Rosa Park Circle, and this dude uh, sees me take off with the drone. He's just chatting me up. And it happens a lot. Like I, yeah. I like talking yeah. to anybody, but yeah. most of them downtown, if they're coming up and talking to you about it, they're they're usually maybe homeless they're definitely like on something that they're yeah, but i enjoy all people so yeah. i'm like i have no judgment let's yeah. just t chat about yeah. drones and then he yeah. told me he was a rapper and he's like i've always wanted to shoot uh, a music video yeah all drone footage yeah i'm like i love the concept man mm -hmm. and uh, he goes well, i'll pay you and everything you know he's just yeah. chatting me up so i actually ended up giving this guy my card and i'm like just give me a call or yeah. you know shoot me an email when you're ready to you know, <laughs> I don't know who he is. He could yeah. be, you know, and he goes, okay, I'll call you Thursday. Never called me. But anyway, the point is. <laughs> that actually happens a lot. It happens a lot. And it's always <laughs> the, you can almost like call the shot. It's like this guy's going to ask or yeah. that person. It's, it's happened happen. probably a hundred yeah. times. Music yeah. video. Yeah. But for you, it laid a whole roadmap. Exactly. And I have nothing against the genre. I think music videos are really hard because you have tight budgets. Yep. If you wanted to make it look like something. Yeah. And you're the one man band trying to make cool videos. That's a tough gig. Like creatively it's a tough mm -hmm. gig. And I'll 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 say for music videos, the basis of production. I mean, you really really learn production yeah. at that level. Cuz you're doing it all yourself. Exactly. So, you know, just getting back to the the Wit TV worked out for, mm -hmm. you know, two and a half years, so then the music came in and then uh, ended up doing 4 years at Wit TV. And then uh, my boss, you know, gave me the ultimate, the ultimatum. He said, 
you know, either you can stay here and, you know, I can give you bonuses every year and, you know, and you work this for how many years. But I really see you going this way, you know, and I see you going to L.A. You always talk about going to L.A. I was I was flying out a lot to find I was latching on to any and every artist I could, you know, trying to, you know, that's cool that a boss would recognize you as somebody who's talented, but also sort of like kicks you out of the nest. Yes. Because you were. Were you working full-time at that point? Was it a full-time game? After two and a half years, I did go to Nightly, yeah. and I was full-time. Yeah. And they always knew the end goal. They always, like, yeah. everybody at the station, it was amazing. They all, I felt like the son of the station. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, the, the older... Because um, people go there, I don't know about behind the scenes, but certainly, mm-hmm. like, their, their on-air talent stays forever. Forever. They're, they're definitely a, a legacy um, yeah. station, yeah. you know? And that's what I got from the culture there. But they definitely took me under under their wing, and they you know showed me the ropes and took the time for this young punk kid coming in, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and seasoned me into somebody that really understood story, um, and which ended up helping you know transitioning into yeah. music videos. You know, it helped me critical think. And, so and he tells you, up. okay, you can either stay, mm-hmm. you can get benefits, you can have full time gig, yeah. you can be here another fifteen years, Josh. Exactly. But you really should leave. Exactly. Yeah. So. What did that look like? So what, in the meantime, during that time, did you... By the way, just to clarify, there's nothing wrong with that. No. It just no. wasn't me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, trust me. I, I say it a lot on the spot. Like, I don't know, I don't know a regular job. I mm-hmm. could never do a regular job. Yeah. But I hustled waiting tables and I, I... Anyway, long story, but I made all, both my older daughters work in the restaurant industry just because yeah. of how hard it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not a... It's not what you think it is. Yeah. Exactly. If you've never worked in it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, point is, yeah, no judgment on any lifers anywhere. You do your thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, so there's that point where he kind of kicks you out, or at least like, uh, hey, man, you can do this another two, three, four, five years, whatever you want, but mm-hmm. it's, you should go. But had you built at that point doing local music industry things? Could you make some type of money out of it, or was it all like collaborative stuff? Where could you pull any budgets? Is what I'm asking at that point. At my tail point. end, I did with a local rock band. Mm-hmm. We pulled a three music video shoot. It was full on red camera, you know, nice. whole grip crew, uh, which gave me my first real music video experience. Which it was cool. It was with a local band. So do you, how soon after that conversation with that station manager are you uh, looking for a place to live in L.A. and moving your next step? Right after he said that. Literally a week after I put in my two weeks. Okay, but you, Josh, you had no business moving to L.A. at that point. Not at all. Frankly. I had every single reason to stay. Yeah. I had money. I had great money in my account. Still living at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them because that was incredible. Yeah. Um, because they ended up, you know, I kept talking about this LA thing mm-hmm. and I think me always talking about it, they're finally like, okay, you're, you're going to do it. You know, they're um, like, as long as you find another little Caesars you can transfer to. <laughs> no, Cause you know, I know it, I mean, it is a thing, you know, yeah. especially in West Michigan to go a creative route. It's There's a, been a lot of expat, I call them expats, but like ex grand rapidians. There was mm-hmm. a flood in the late two thousands to the LA and mm-hmm. there's still people going. Yeah. And some boomerang back, and but most of them haven't. They found their, they found it there. Yeah. There's a lot of talent in this area. That I think yeah. I want to continue this story because I, it really gets to. What year did you move to LA? Moved to LA in 2015. Okay, 
So just five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. So where do you? So all right, I gotta, I gotta get this. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have to get the Josh visual through this because um, it's 2015. Mm-hmm. You leave a week later. How do you? Where are you living? Like, what are you? Would you have a setup? Do you have a hookup out there? Or yeah. Just... So I was living in a in a house owned by this older guy with my buddy Alex, who was already there at the time. He's from Grand Rapids. And uh, so it helped to have somebody else that was from... Was he in the business at all? Yeah, he was in the film industry, but it wasn't like something where he was really well off either. He was working a job at a rental house. So, you know, it was like, hey, we're in this together, you know, type thing. And and then a bunch of my friends started, you know, following suit. Um, But I think that first initial jump, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have... Outside of him, I had nobody. Really? No connects, nothing? I mean, I had a couple of music... um, you know, a couple of record labels I had their contact yeah. from the actual, like, you know, venues, me handshaking, you know, saying, hey, I shoot video. Can I shoot video for you tonight? Yeah. Getting their card sure. to email them the video recap later. Yeah. I ha- so I had a couple, like, business cards. But outside of that, I had real n- no, like, you know, Yeah, and when they landed job. at wherever, Pyramid Scheme or wherever, yeah. they was like, you got a business card exactly. from somebody. Exactly, in an email, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was, like, usually yeah. empty responses. Oh, but, sure. You know. Yeah. So, okay. So, all right. So you're in LA. I want to know how then do you start cutting your teeth so you can even get on a set, do anything, even get access to getting on any type of production. And what was your vision at that point when you're out there? So you have a buddy who's working, your roommate's working at a rental house, Yep. which to me, again, much respect to everybody working out there, but it's kind of like the equivalent of if you're an actor or actress, it's if you want to get your waiting tables, waiting tables, you know, it's kind of that. And I'm pulling. Parallel. Yeah. So I get a job at a rental house. Yeah. I'm pulling gear for other people. Which one was it? Um, it was um, Hollywood camera and uh, it was in Burbank, California. Oh, it's, yeah. Or old school cameras, old school cameras. Nice. Sorry. And that was in Burbank, California. They're no longer a thing. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. Got exposed to a lot of glass yeah. A lot of vintage glass, a lot of different cameras, a lot of film stuff they did too. Still yeah. film cameras, they kept that alive. They're like the only house in LA that I actually had the weird stuff. Yeah. So I got to play. I had a mentor there that was a, a old Schneider lens, uh, mm-hmm. Schneider Optics lens yeah, yeah. tech. Um, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Taught me everything. Um, and then while I'm there, I hit up those little business cards. Um, one of those guys um, saw something in me. And he was like, hey, I want to present you to another artist, try to get you guys to mesh. So he, I'm working the rental house. And the idea, gig. that connection was to shoot? Yeah, just really? creatively, just, you know, he's you know, he's like, your stuff is really rough. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have some stuff that looks a little polished, you know, with that rock band that I shot. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, you got nothing, kid. You got, like, <laughs> live video <laughs> recaps. Cool. Right. But he saw something in me. Mm-hmm. So he goes, here, I want to get you with this artist. Walk me into the studio. It's this kid, Luke Christopher, who's on RCA Records at the time. And he's like, I want you to work with him. So we mesh in the studio, end up um, shooting. You know, he's like, hey, I got this record. I think it's going to be something. Do you mean mesh in the studio like a film studio or a recording studio? Recording studio. So you're sitting, yeah, I'm sitting there listening to his music. He's writing. Um, One of the very first songs that I had walked into um, would be still my, uh, one of the biggest records I ever worked. Um, this song called Lot to Learn, which has over a half a billion streams just on uh, Spotify alone. Wow. So um, 
when I walked into the studio, I didn't think it was anything was going to unfurl from that. Um, so I shot this song. It's called "Lot to Learn," and he was playing the keys when I first walked into the studio. It's a great like double entendre for was, you at that point in your career. It too, was so you know? perfect. <laughs> and you know, to be honest, I just didn't. I didn't even like the song. I was like, oh, this is not like this isn't for me. So we go shoot the music video. It's pro bono. I'm just out there. I was like, this is my first music video. Let's shoot it. This will be fun. So I had a little, you know, Canon DSLR and I'm, you know, it's on a stabilizer and shoulder rig. Yeah. And I'm just running around and just doing what I can. Um, Anyway, a year later, it went out when I was at the rental house. Um, I'm sitting there and I'm watching, you know, I'm prepping gear, but then going back and looking at the Spotify numbers. And uh, I would, I was really close with him at that time where Mm -hmm. I was shooting a lot of in-studio content for him. Um, I had done two little college tours. It was cool. The the rental house actually let me go. Yeah. Like, they were just like, you can come back. Like, we just need Mm -hmm. help. So, yeah, go ahead and and leave on tour. So I I did two tours with him. And so we are, like, friends at this point, like, really good friends. And and, um, Lot to Learn just starts spiking on Spotify. I mean, the numbers are just Mm -hmm. going crazy. Uh, like averaging a million a day at the top of the list. Um, finally get flown out. We go over to Europe uh, where it was really bubbling. And then um, the song went gold and platinum in four different countries in Europe, hmm. um, which is cool. Yeah. And so I got exposed, did another so U.S. tour you, off of that. Yeah. So with that artist and the Lot to Learn song, did you... Mm-hmm. Direct it to? Did you cut it? Did you yeah, do everything? Did everything. You did everything. And then delivered to the label. That was my first ever label video where I had to do the sign off and everything. Pro bono. Yeah. Unreal. Pro bono. So I did that. And then, uh, yeah, it unfurled into me end up working at RCA Records. Hmm. Um, Internally? At, at RCA? At, at Bystorm, which is a sub label. Sub label. Yep. And uh, I worked with a couple different artists. And then uh, that was my time at RCA. That's amazing. So then, okay, so you do this, you go on tour, you go to Europe, you start seeing the world a little bit through mm-hmm. that tour. What happens next uh, in terms of laying the next groundwork? So just to tip, tip the card for the audience is, you know, you're, you're directing and shooting videos with Snoop Dogg and just go, just run through the list and then we'll get to, get to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's just like recently... Um I mean, Snoop Dogg, Maya, mm-hmm. uh, singer, um, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, working with them. Yeah. Um, just working with more R&B yeah. artists. Um, and I, that genre just comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. I think I've always had like some soul in me. So I feel like it's, I always tend to like stuff that's a little bit more melodic and, yeah. you know, slower. Um, and that's just me. That's my personal preference. So I love to shoot whatever I actually like. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so my, my route is a little bit more unconventional when it comes to, like, say, if you're going to be a director in L.A. Um, I, I never really got into, like, the pitching to labels and, like, sending yeah. for, like, newer artists. So whatever like writing art, just random treatments yeah, and things so like that? Yeah, so when I ended up making relationships with these, quote-unquote, older artists, right, it was more direct and it was like a conversation like we're having. Yeah. So it was more organic and I, I gravitated to that because Dude, with your personality, but that's the way to get it yeah. done. Like who cares? Yeah. Like yeah. if you can just, I often said when I was growing up, like applying for jobs, just trying to hustle and grind. It's like, if I can just get an interview. I'll lock that job. Yeah. Like I, I had a lot of confidence. Just get me an interview. 
They exactly. do that, and that's yeah. sort of like plays today when you're trying to pitch a concept, talk to somebody, or you just have a stars aligned kind of meeting, mm-hmm. and it, but it's organic. It's not a meeting meeting. It just relationship A leads to relationship B, exactly. and then the next thing you know, you're shooting so and so. You know, I mean, that's a pretty common trajectory. So, but. Somewhere in your network, though, to even get in the position to meet uh, Jim and Terry, Jimmy, sorry, mm-hmm. and Terry. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get snuffed out, but the I got to get it right. Yeah. No, um, or Snoop, you know, I don't know how. So what kind of backdoor sort of in your network connections were happening through that to make? So Maya, actually, um, I had been doing a lot of content for her, touring with her, music videos with her. She kind of said, hey, Josh, you know, I have some friends that that kind of need a little bit of your creativity. They need your help. And so I was like, okay. And next thing I know, that transitioned into meeting with Terry Lewis. And I think um, for me, and know the gravity. I mean, she's a really well-renowned artist, you know, Grammy-nominated. Um, and so I had a lot of respect for her. So I knew the reference was already pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I walked in, and uh, he's got a studio in, in L.A., and um, music studio, yeah. and, but it's a warehouse, like, with yeah. plaques. And I yeah. just... Then, Platinum like, records. Everywhere. It just, like, it's history. Yeah. And so um, the gravity of that situation really um, started to hit me. Uh-huh. And I felt like okay, this may, like, it all felt right at that moment. And I was like, okay, this is, maybe this was my segue into everything, you know, unfurling the way it did and why I worked with artists like this. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't have this sit down face-to-face, you wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be apt to give you that connection, which would, you know, this yeah. would have never even happened. So maybe, well, and the, you know, I think the is important thing is to take every interaction seriously, but you can't, freak out but like you're not giving if you fumble mm-hmm. some intro mm-hmm. or you don't if you don't act in a way that people engenders their trust in you somehow mm-hmm. you don't get second opportunities no. you know like you get one interaction to make an impression mm-hmm. and hopefully through that you have some organic authentic authentic mm-hmm. connection like yeah. some spark that's like I like that artist. I think they like me. I think we vibed on some energy about creative stuff. And you leave that and then you're like, well, I think, I hope, <laughs> I hope that gels, you know, because there's yeah. also a lot of bullshit that happens. You're you know, right. there's a lot of like yeah. smoke getting blown around and yeah. We'll smoke and here. mirrors. And that's, yeah. that's the main part of the industry. But to kind of go back to why it connects to home, the energy that we bring out to L.A., People are always like, where are you from? Really? And we say Michigan. And I say we because when I back home in L.A. now, I have to say L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is where I live. That's yeah. where I reside. Um, still have the 616 area code so, oh, that's on my phone. So we can, we can take that. Until you die. <laughs> but um, they're always Michigan. I, yes, you're, you're in. And that plays such a pivotal role in you being out there because – they know Michigan people are good, hardworking, honest, trustworthy people. Yeah, drill into that for a second, because I, I think there is something in our kind of DNA here. I don't know what it is necessarily, you know, but it is, from your perspective, what do you think 
makes because a lot of people from LA aren't from LA yeah. either. They're all Most from of all them. over. Yeah, Most I mean they're all from implants. somewhere. Yeah. But they're picking up something. Mm-hmm. They're picking up some signal out of Michigan, mm-hmm. either Detroit or Westside Michigan or whatever. They're picking up some vibe from dozens and dozens of people that they meet over the years from Michigan. And there's something they're like, I like Michigan people. What is that for you? It's Do you the, know well, it's actually is? in our DNA. It's actually history. You know, we're auto furniture maker, you know? Yeah. And craftsmen. Yeah, craftsmen. I mean, guys that just, guys and girls that go out and get it, you know, bootstrap, mm-hmm. you know, people. So I think when it, in terms of creativity, we tend to be, even we have our creative minds, right? But then we also drive, you know, our drive is impeccable. I think mm-hmm. everybody that I met that is a transplant from, you know, from Michigan, and it doesn't matter where they are from in Michigan. Yeah. But to LA, they tend to have that. You know, I haven't yeah. met one that has hasn't had that. Drive. There's a hustle, and I don't think I don't think you leave the Midwest to go to LA unless you can't do it in a way that's sort of mm, just a toe in the water. You know, you yeah. have to like jump it's all in. in. It's all it's in, all or you're going to be on a plane back or driving your shit back in a van mm-hmm. and moving back in with your parents. You know, I mean, which it's again like, isn't. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it, but yeah. I mean, I think the... But you're right. Yeah, but the yeah. point is um, some people aren't cut out for it, but I think, you know, that's all part of the process. But exactly. at the same time, when you're talking about your particular drive and this drive that's recognized in Michigan and mm-hmm. the success you're enjoying currently right now, which is uh, is diverting from a music industry sort of base to short features or short films to more narrative content, which mm-hmm. we'll get to in a minute. But, um, and so I just have to ask about the, uh, sorry, this is a rough segue, but in terms of the, um, so you're being recognized as, as, uh, making these easy connects. Mm-hmm. They're sensing something from Michigan and each project you're getting a little more budget, a little more responsibility, yep. a little more creative control. How does, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Snoop, but like, and I know everyone asks me about like Eminem and stuff, so yeah. I'm going to be the, yeah, yeah. the okay. fan geek Love on this it. time, yeah, yeah. but it's like, you know, how did the Snoop thing come about where you're directing this video with Snoop? So, um, Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis sent me the record for Stokely, who's one of their artists on their label, um, and the record was called Vibrant. And it's, I saw, like, when I get the track, when they cut a track and they just send it to me, it's, you know, to start working on the storyboard. Mm-hmm. It's usually, like, two words that, like, don't mean anything. But it just said Stokely, Snoop. <laughs> and so I was like, Snoop who? I was like, okay, it's got to be Snoop Dogg. So I listened to the track. How many Snoops do we know? And it was just an email when they sent it. So it was just, like, it just popped in an email. It didn't, it was, like, it was, like, almost like a cryptic message. Yeah. So I play it, and I'm just like, this record is phenomenal. And so right away I was like... I call Stokely, and because um, we had done a record called was Shea it his before. track and Snoop featured yes. on it? Yes. Okay, got it. But it wasn't. It, it's really not that though, because it, they're the way they did the record is fifty fifty mm. kind of. Yeah. On the on the record itself, yeah. so it, you'll hear Snoop in the beginning. You also hear him throughout the whole track with the ad libs. It's yeah. not just like getting a feature from Snoop. Yeah, it was yeah. more than that. Um, so I ended up going on a um, car ride with. Um, uh, Baron Davis, who I've had a long relationship with, mm-hmm. athlete, um, NBA superstar, former NBA all star. Yeah. yeah, so 
Um, we go out low riding. They have a thing on Sundays in yeah. LA where they culturally go out, bring out the low riders, and yeah. ride through LA. So um, made I, famous by Snoop and Dre. Too, yes, also. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I had sent out the creative while I was listening to Vibrant. Um, so I went low riding. Uh, anyway, we do the meetup. Uh, Wiz Khalif is there. Snoop's there. Everybody's like exhibit. All these guys are there. <laughs> it's like hip hop uh, history. It was awesome. It's the Hall of Fame. Of so history. so Snoop <clears throat> is like you know Snoop daps me up as he sees me. Uh, so I did this really really cool thing where I was like, okay, Josh. He knows nothing about who you are. He just knows I was with Baron, right? So we're all hanging out by the car, checking out low riders. So he's smoking, and I go up to him, and I did this thing. It was ballsy, but I had Stokely on FaceTime, right? I just randomly FaceTime Stokely. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me, and he's got the mask on, right? And I, Snoop's, like, this far away from me. And I go, boom, put him in his face. <laughs> and at first, he's like, he backs up. Yeah, he's like, what you putting Yeah, he's like, why are you putting a phone in my face and then stokely takes off the mask and he's like yo and then they made the connection he's like yeah. you wrote the vibrant track you know the treatment yeah. he's like oh man the roller skating everything that's crazy nephew like that's <laughs> that's gonna be it that's gonna be it yeah. and so then the relationship like he put two and two together um stokely and i had come up with that roller skating idea for the actual music video mm-hmm. and then that's how the relationship so then fast forward to the shoot uh, this is probably like three weeks later. We shoot the music video in a roller skating rink. It was really, really awesome. Dancers, we had roller skaters, yeah. like a throwback 90s, so 80s. Three vibe. weeks. So after that meeting, you pop the FaceTime and, and you know, you get Stokely and Snoop to talk. I mean, how, how long before you're like concepting and scouting locations for a roller rink? And, you know, like, I mean. Um, as soon as the manager said, hey, Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, we're fighting COVID at the time, too. So yeah. it's like we're trying to work around and jump through hoops. Yeah. He's like, we just got to do it. We got the perfect window before L.A. was um, it was reopened and then re-shut down. Mm-hmm. So it was right in that pocket that we did it. Um, and I, uh, I directed it um, and also had a longtime friend, co-director now, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Ray, do it with me. And he, you know, we came up with this amazing cool concept in 90s theme mm-hmm. 2000s it was going to be a really fun shoot snoop was elated he's like oh roller skating like we gotta do it we gotta do it right, right. so we finally get to the shoot day and <laughs> this is so great but it, it everybody's like snoop's gonna be late snoop's gonna be late and we had a time for snoop that he was gonna come in and i go watch snoop's gonna be early watch what happens so, you know, we're shooting, we're shooting, and we're about an hour before Snoop is supposed to arrive, he's there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I told you guys. He's an hour early. Snoop shows up. He's great mood, you know, great to see you again, Josh. Like, you know, we're mm-hmm. talking, and he's talking to my co-director, and we're, we're having so much fun. So we get him in. He's amazing. Like mm-hmm. an amazing guy. Energy is yeah. there, like really down to earth, not like yeah. there's no ego yeah. there. And that's what I love about him. I get him. a sense that he can connect to anybody. I haven't, you know. Yeah, I, he is. I, I mean, he has well-rounded artists. But he seems to enjoy people. There's yes. some artists yep. that don't enjoy people, mm-hmm. but he enjoys being he Snoop. Yes. And he, I would imagine he enjoys it more when he's engaged and having a good time so he can have other people have a good time around exactly. him. Exactly. And if you get to ride the wave of just the history of being Snoop, mm-hmm. every day's got to be like, who do I get to play with today? 
you know, exactly. how, how can I be on today, I suppose, or it's just must come naturally that he doesn't even have to put it on. But um, yeah. I had a follow-up question in there. One was, um, oh, I, it was a random, dumb, sorry. But anyway, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to put on your episode page yeah. a bunch of links to this stuff. So if you're listening to the podcast now and you haven't been to the Full Exposure podcast page, look up Josh's episode page. I'll put links to a lot of his music videos, but specifically this one, because we have some mm-hmm. great detail about yeah. it. But what made you think, all right, you're a kid from the Midwest. You have the ability to, to FaceTime Stokely yeah. and put it in front of Snoop's face. I mean, that's kind yeah. of like a, that could have, that, that's could've a move that well. could have not ended yeah, well. Yeah, it could have ended terribly. It's so what are you thinking so, so like how do I do TMZ that? was in the bushes, which I did not know. Uh-huh. And I'd gotten uh since I was coming out of COVID, I got a haircut, mm-hmm. but I was tanning a lot since I was out by the pool. Uh cuz there's nothing to do at home. So it's like it's out by the pool. So I had this beautiful tan line on the back of my head oh, yeah. which TMZ got, but they got the actual moment, which was so cool of Snoop like almost choking on his smoke. <laughs> because I did this move. Which and, never happened. Yeah. So um, it w- what made me, th- I mean, I just me thinking like, oh, this is, um, because for the label, they also needed to get a good time with Snoop to do it. Snoop mm-hmm. was excited, but you got to understand to get FaceTime with him is really, really hard. Yeah. He's got a busy schedule. Yeah. And during COVID, they're, they, they're being very careful about where he sure. goes, right? Yeah. So... I was like, this will be a power move. This will get both parties excited. And mm-hmm. I'm really invested in, um, you know, Jimmy, Terry, Stokely, and his manager. Like, I'm very invested in that since the relationship mm-hmm. is like this. I'm like, if yeah. I want to get this, I want to shoot this just as bad as they do. You know, yeah. so let's get it done. That was the one power move that I thought, hey, I'm in this position to do it. Let's do it. And it really did create this energy. Um, and just so you know, when he showed up, he has got this guy, Kev, who's been around him forever. I'm wearing head-to-toe Grand Rapids gear. And he says, Grand Rapids? And he goes, he starts, like, naming off. For some reason, he knows all, like, the, the minor league. So he, the white cat, he knew West Michigan Whitecaps. He goes, Grand Rapids Griffins? Like, he just started naming off Get things. And he's like, we love Grand Rapids. And I, Snoop has been here a lot yeah, he has um, been for here. shows. Yeah. But he just, that connection was there. So... Just going back to real quick, everything is connected to Michigan. I yeah. think everybody's there's like a saying, and it's like every story comes back to Michigan in some way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so true because that's how that was built. But yeah, it really built the energy. He was that's there. Amazing. He was on set for six hours. Six hours. Six hours. And that's he, a long time. He never complained. That's crazy. Never complained. He, he was must amazing. have kept it moving then. Yeah, it was great. Um, how are you developing your craft in between this moment? And how long ago did this video come out? It was only like a, well, it was shot two during COVID ago. two months yeah, ago. Two months out. ago. Yeah. So, but in the previous four years or so, you know, you don't quite, you got a few uh, show reels, you know, sizzle reels from shows, show packages mm-hmm. of bands. You have one music video that you shot, or three music videos with this local GR band that you shot on a good camera, finally, a red mm-hmm. camera. How are you working during that time to get the chops to not only be a cinematographer and then eventually director? Like, so you must have been working on productions at whatever capacity through that time. How are you still developing and shooting and, and enhancing your craft to the point where major label success, global superstars? It's you know, all, and, yeah. and, and, and when you're the director... Mm-hmm. 
you're the man. Like, there's no one else to blame or point to. Even the experience that Snoop has on set that day, six hours, Uh how that whole production goes down during COVID, small window to open. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot riding on directors. And you're right. And I think it was just me really collaborating with anybody and everybody in L.A. that I could, that I seem... That I that I have seen a little bit of like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna be good people, you mm-hmm. know, and they're gonna be good collaborators to be around. They're the, you know yeah. I gravitate naturally to really good people anyway. Right. I have like some kind of like feel you know like I can usually sniff it out too, mm-hmm. and I think that's a Michigan thing. Like we we I, really I feel the, the same good... way. Like I I call it a, the quick temperature check. Yes. I feel like yeah, in yeah. ten seconds I know if I'm yeah gonna like you or not yeah not like but just no, like you know yeah, you get it whether there's more there to or this or yeah. if it's going to be surface yeah um so i think just getting that and then i i had a lot of people that saw something in me too that took the time to be like yeah like you know these are the steps that i followed and mm-hmm. really they did help you know mm-hmm. when i was in la and it was uh it was something for me that it turned into okay relation like full-on relationships then they knew somebody that needed this and you know and then it it was more like that so regardless that 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 relationship had to happen though Mm -hmm. you know and I had to take the time so it's like it's the fact that I didn't quick turn and burn content or music videos or whatever I was shooting I was developing relationships yeah and I think that's what I sense is like I've known people that just seem to always like you used to say it and I played high school football it's like you know, there's always some people that are around the ball on the playing field, whether mm-hmm. it's they scoop up a fumble, there's a tipped pass, they intercept it. You know, like mm-hmm. there's somebody who just has a nose for the ball. They're just yeah. there around the basketball court yeah. or whatever. It's like they seem to always be around the ball. That parallel to me is like a relationship dude who just happens to always be around meeting that next person vibe that leads to something else you seem to be like an around the ball guy who seems to like be able to uh whatever opportunity sort of falls out of the sky that you didn't you're just reacting to yeah it happens exactly like something happens from that do you agree with that yeah i agree with that and i think i have an old soul in the sense of i see longevity in things so i know when to not take the quick buck and when to like really really um, develop a relationship to actually put the time in. Yeah. And I can see where maybe there won't be a quick payoff now, but maybe mm-hmm. 10 years down the road there will be longevity. And I would rather be around here for yeah. 10 years than, you know, do the quick turn and burn. And, yeah, could you make a lot of money? Well, there's sure, a timing but, in those relationships, too, yeah. where if you pull the trigger too early or make an ask too early and it just doesn't seem right. Like yeah. That, Exactly. That's smoke and mirrors, yeah, right? Like exactly. it just evaporate, right? Yep. Like sand through your hands. It's yep. like, where'd that go? Yep. And yeah, it's a dance. So we all make mistakes in that. Well, not that everybody hits home runs, but I think there's a parallel in that. Um, I want to pivot to, I got to be respectful of your time, but also um, you're in Grand Rapids to shoot a really exciting short film. Yes. And that's Incredibly why you're here. Exciting. So yeah. I want to spend the next uh, whatever time we have left in the episode to really drill into this particular script, this piece that you're doing. You're doing it out of pocket with a couple of other people. Mm-hmm. Passion project. Yes. Narrative form. Narrative. And uh, short film. So tell us a little bit about the title and the concept behind it. So there, I was working out at an LA Fitness. I know under this sweatshirt, I'm actually like ripped. I know I've seen your Instagram, <laughs> dude. You don't have to. 
I saw the pool shots uh, you referred to oh earlier. Oh my god, it's fine. So anyway, I'll put uh, a link to his abs I'm not, I'm in not, the in the in the show notes. They're not there. It's got COVID abs now. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm at LA Fitness and I see this guy head to toe in Detroit gear. I'm like, who is this guy? And this goes back to us always connecting, you yeah. know, always having that Michigan connection. So we feel like we can talk to other Michigan people. So um, I see this guy, he's working out. I mean, just jacked, you know? And I'm just like, I'm intimidated because I can't, like, I'm just not the gym guy to be able to go like, yo, what up? You know? And I'm mm-hmm. just like, can I get a rep in? You know, that's not going to happen. This guy's just jacked. So he's, you know, he's going in and, you know. Did you yell at him? Wipe off your machine, dude. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no. I'm coming in behind no, I you. Said, I said, uh, I said uh, hey, like, are you from Detroit? Because he's just head to toe, and he's like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, he, like, takes his earpiece, yeah, and it's, like, stupid, yeah, I mean, I'm wearing a Detroit hat with a Detroit, you know, sweatshirt, like, how can I not be? You think I'm from Cincinnati? Exactly. So, you know, it's me just trying to tap in, and uh, and I go, oh, okay, like, you know, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he goes, oh, no way, and then, you know, the connection there immediately sucked in, you know? And it's yeah. just us at the gym, and we're just going back and forth. He's, I'm, I'm a writer, and I said, I'm a director. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I write. I, you know, I'm working on directing, doing some things. And he's like, we should, you know, I exchange contact. And I was like, yeah, we should grab a coffee, you know, whatever we can do. Yeah. Anyway, we part our ways, and then the rest was history. We met up, and, um, and it was so funny because that wasn't his gym, nor was it mine. We just happened to be there both at the same time. Um, and, and from there ended up being a friendship before it was ever even business. We really just, how far back was that? How long before you met Two years ago. Is it, you call, you just go by Johnny? You call him Johnny Ray. Johnny Ray. Johnny Ray. Who's in the studio now, but it's being very quiet. He is. He's got his AirPods in. Yeah. Yeah. He can hear. Yeah, he can hear. So, He can um, hear us. Be nice. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't really know, um, anything about the narrative world. I mean, I knew of short films. Sure. I knew of, you know, documentaries. I've, I've known of, like, features. But, like, I was like, what does a writer really do? You know, and, and I respect that so much because I was like, I've never even met a writer. Like, yeah. a hardcore, somebody just writes for a living. Um, so the the dynamic works because he's like, he's like, oh, you do all these music videos. Like, you, you know, you produce, direct, you do all this stuff. Like, some of it's really low budget but you get it done he's like what is the production world so and i say what is the writing world so it's this cool mm-hmm. dynamic where i'm more of a producer director he's a writer director yeah um so we worked on some projects we did um notably we did uh the row timmy love rhythm um it's a music video that we did it was a really popular song um so we did the smaller music videos and then mm-hmm. he did the the stokely mm-hmm. both the music videos that i did with him started so we naturally brought each other into each other's business worlds. Wow. So like I said, it was a friendship though before because he would call me just and like, I just want to out of the merch this guy was wearing that was yes. all Detroit. That's exactly. unreal, man. All right, so. Great story. Take it from there. So then um, we're like, okay, this works. So a year ago, I'm, you know, I'm at home and he's like, I got this script. And I'm just like, okay, like I don't know what that really means. Like what do you, he's like, well, I want to I make a short out of it. So he presents a script, and I fell in love immediately. I call him back. I'm like, this story is incredible. We need to tell it. Um, fast forward to now, you know, after we really, um, this was three months ago, 
we're both kind of like, it's, this is time. It's time for this. Um, the things that are involved in the story are happening right now in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. It's like God's timing for this. Like it really is like people are coming together. Like we, we really need to make this happen. So he's like, all right, you know, where should we shoot it? We talked about it. He's from Detroit. Mm-hmm. I'm from Grand Rapids. I'm like, of course, I just go Grand Rapids. It's the perfect community for it. Yeah. It's got an amazing, beautiful, you know, set up residential area that yeah. fits the story premise. Yeah, originally as I read, uh, Bo's, uh, Bo sent me a script, but it, originally it says Detroit in terms of like the one I saw. I know it's been through a few different. And Detroit was the original yeah, location. Um, but, location, yeah. But really, um, well, back to the film industry and stuff like that. I mean, Grand Rapids is a, a great location to shoot features or yes. short films. That yep. We have surprisingly almost any aesthetic. If you frame it right, you can yeah. create. You know, there's a lot here to play with. Yeah. But uh, tell me a little bit, what attracted you to uh, Johnny's story or this script? You mentioned we haven't talked specifically about, like, what's of the time and mm-hmm. this stuff, but... Um, Set up just kind of the the main the main character, this boy, and then also uh, just the the sub the subtext of uh, the script. Yeah. So without uh, giving away the whole. Yeah. Story. Exactly. Um, it's all based around Young King, who's a, a young boy that sees um, this girl, little girl, get abducted, and uh, and he hops on his bike and chases the assailant all over the city. Um, he wants to save this girl all while he's facing adversity, mm-hmm. but he's remembering principles that his father instilled in him, mm-hmm. um, which I then discovered John has this foundation called Wharf, which is where are our fathers. Um, and John's father was really prominent in his life. So he adapted that to the script. And within the script, you know, we see this young king, right? He's pedaling really fast through, through the city and he's chasing this car with the little girl in the back seat. And he, can, he, he gets these moments where he's almost there. He can almost get this car, but he never feels like he can catch up. Mm-hmm. And there's principles, uh, flashbacks we go into with, mm-hmm. um, with the father. And the father's a really strong, um, strong male that's prominent in his life. And that was really important to John to, to include that in the script. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we, you know, we see him along this journey. Um, so we have this foundation, uh, Wharf, and then... Um, there's some things I can't share, but sure. you know, within it, you know, it's the the, the nature of the story um, deals um, premise is uh, racial injustice, along with child trafficking, two topics that John and I both, you know, mm-hmm. they hit home for us. And and Grand Rapids couldn't be a better community to touch on those issues, mm-hmm. and you know, worldly, those issues are at the forefront right now. Um, when we talked a, a month or so ago. Um, you talked about the desire to make Grand Rapids more of a character in films. This is mm-hmm. a long-term goal. Yeah. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of movies have been made here in the last decade, you know, when the film incentives were going. Mm-hmm. There were some sure. good films and bad films made here. But they were really just anywhere USA. It wasn't yeah. like GR yeah. was a character. And I thought I, I really connected to that part of the conversation because I think... Um, some element of my success, if I've had any success, is just that Grand Rapids really is 
um, a backdrop, a literal yeah. backdrop mm-hmm. to a lot of my photography, a lot of the projects I yeah. do. Like it is the character. Well, we make stuff yeah. uh, about people doing things in here, but a corporation or a nonprofit, whatever. But I like that, uh, and I think people, especially West Michigan people, and I can't wait to talk to Johnny about this too. But like. There's this eager, like, little kid brother that Grand Rapids is to Detroit. No one knows. No one knows Grand Rapids outside. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you mention Michigan, they never say Grand Rapids. It's always Detroit. Detroit. And maybe Kalamazoo, Mm -hmm. because it's just such a weird word to roll out. But I just think that there's this, I have it. I'm like, you know, pay attention to us, you know, Grand Rapids. How many times do I say, we're the second largest city in the state, you know? And we're bigger than the state capital Lansing, yeah. and we yeah. have more industry. But um, but because of the locations, our aesthetic, uh, the talent of crew that's based here, yeah. uh, there's a lot of talent here. But I think we're really ripe, and Grand Rapids is poison. What I really resonated in this conversation, I realize this is a long setup question, is um, you really have this passion, even though you're LA-based now, to Homer and rep in professionally and shoot in Michigan as much as you can. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, we're, let's bounce off longevity, right? That word that I was using. And I'm, I'm thinking like, if I can create something, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not already here. Cause there is a lot of creative people here. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that make their living here. Yeah. You are one of them. Um, if I can add to this city, you know, yeah. and, and bring back and share experiences that I have and also get influence from the city. Um, Longevity-wise, I'll always be welcoming back. I'll always, you know, I can always bounce back and yeah. forth. Um, this will always be home, you know? Yeah. And so having that, this is, like, why is it that every time I come back from L.A., I get so grounded here and, like, this brings me back, you know? So I wanted to, you know, tap into that. And if we can make something that grows, maybe we can grow together and start to bridge the gap so that L.A., because growing up, it was like, got to get out of Michigan, got to go to L.A. That was Mm -hmm. like the dream. It's been the dream forever for me. Um, And I think it's for a lot of kids coming up, a lot of creative kids, too. Yeah. Um, But why does it feel like such a big jump? Maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe we can create our own L.A. here. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, and put Grand Rapids at the forefront of the conversation. You know, um, and John is from Detroit, so he reps Detroit as well. Yeah. Um, but Michigan, can we put Michigan on the map? Well, there's. I think there needs to be more east-west, and I say east-west in the context of Detroit area proper and West Michigan Grand Rapids proper, doing more cross-pollination creatively. Yeah. You know, there's so many Detroiters that have never been over here. Yeah. They've never been to Grand Rapids ever. This is his first time when we. We went uh, location Wait, scouting. this is your first time? No, no, no. When oh, we went second. location scouting. Oh, second time. Sorry. Yeah, this You're is a second veteran. time. But he had never been over, and he was like, Josh, this city is incredible. Yeah. There's so much here to it. And he's like, I can write a thousand stories over here. There's so much. For so sure. tapping into that, it's just fresh, new, and you know, well, it's grounding. And most people from Grand Rapids have been to Detroit multiple times, but it doesn't mean we know the Detroit community in the sense creatively. We go over for Tigers game, Lions game, Red Wings game, a concert, go to Fox theater, go to, you know, Mm -hmm. go to where, you know, whatever you want to experience, but we, we dip in and dip out. And, but it's amazing to me how many Detroiters never have been past Lansing or Novi. Yeah. You know, and that's what he was saying. He was saying growing up, you know, we never, that was never even the option. Yeah. <laughs> Staying on the east side. 
Yeah, and you know whatever the circumstances are, but I'm I, also it's just people they don't think about coming over here for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, like to do a weekend or yeah. like come see a show in Grand Rapids. I mean, maybe I mean it's happening more than 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 that, but uh, than I'm saying, but uh, many people. But I think. You know, there's this LAGR pollination, West Michigan or Michigan, I should say. We should talk about a broader sense yeah. of Michigan. It's yep. not like you're going to make it everything yeah, that you do yeah. be done yeah. in Grand Rapids. Yeah. But in a, having a Michigan mindset and mm-hmm. a Detroit-centric mindset and Grand Rapids-centric mindset, I think will be really good because I think what's exciting on this film, so what's uh, is that you have a building block to... This is a short. You're funding it out of pocket. Something in the clouds. Yeah, something in the clouds. You're going to shoot it now starting, uh, when, when's your first day up? Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday? The Next 19th. 19th. Yep. And so October 19th. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode will come out, but the point is you'll be back in L.A. probably when this comes out. But um, you're going to go through, what, six days of principal photography or something? Uh, so we're going through four days of principal. Shoot it in four days. And then we have some rollover if, you know, we get some Michigan weather and that comes through. Oh, that's coming. Uh, yeah, I know. But uh, then, um, okay, so then what's the goal to, uh, oh, I forgot to ask more about uh, your foundation. Yeah. Uh, where are our fathers? Mm-hmm. So what is the the mission? And was it John, Johnny's Foundation? This is Johnny's Foundation. Yep. And this is pushing um, for men, um, men of all different race, to be a part of their child's life. Mm-hmm. And it's important for Johnny and I to both advocate for that, to have a prominent male figure in their life. So mm-hmm. it, it gives them resources and access um, to bridge that gap between the fathers and their their children. Great. Well, I'll talk to Johnny about that at some point next time. On your uh, third trip to GR, we maybe do a podcast if you can get back for the trifecta. Yeah. But the um, but uh, okay. So, but the goal with this film is to is there a further goal other than telling this amazing story? And I was fortunate enough to to read a, read a draft of the script, and it is compelling and and uh, poignant and beautiful and exciting. Um, you know, is this uh, a stepping stone to something within that narrative of these characters, or is it a one-off that you'll just see what happens? Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with it. I think John and I love the story so much, so we're going to push this short film, and then you know we have a million other ideas. So we're just um, you know this is the first project for John and I to to work on though. We're like, hey, we got to come out the gate. Short film is something compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got to rally around what we know, which is Michigan. And we got to go after it, and we got to be the new kids on the block that really push this hard, just like we've been pushing our own careers. But now it's one goal, and we're a team together. So yeah. um, I think you know, there, there, this isn't this is the first of many yeah. for us, and I think we're just getting our feet wet in this. Um, but I think with our backgrounds, we can really become something incredible. Yeah, so yeah. I'm excited. What didn't I ask about the film that? You want to make sure people know because I. Don't, I, don't. Um, I just want to. I want to make them aware that the community. You know what we're doing is is we're using uh, rental houses from Grand Rapids. We're using um, our sound girl is from Detroit. Um, a lot of our crews, you know, from Michigan. Um, and we're tap. I'm tapping into the relationships that I built. John's tapping into his. Um, for all different reasons, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be getting financial backing or you know just tapping in with the the local leaders 
to help us, you know, with permits and things like that. You know, this it takes a team. You know, it really does. And, it ta- you know, it's more of like family when you're here. Yeah. So we feel like we're getting our friends and family involved, and it's just one big collaborative effort. So it's really a combination of our last 20 years, you know, really unfurling, yeah. and, and we're giving everybody, you know, we're saying, hey, we're going to bring this project to you. You know, and we want you to be involved to help build together. Yeah, because we see longevity in that. Well, that's awesome, dude. I feel like we could talk forever. You know, I just uh, but to just tighten this, uh, it's nice to know a little bit about your trajectory to this point. It's not often a kid from from GR gets off to LA and has the success you're enjoying in just five years. And the how old are you, by the way? Twenty eight. Shut up. So to, you know, at twenty eight. To be in this position, shooting a short with a team that's as talented and and creatively talented as Johnny is, Mm -hmm. and also what you envision for yourselves creatively Mm -hmm. for the future building blocks, it's going to be really exciting to see. Um, You're also going to be involved, too? Yeah, I'm going to shoot some stills and uh, some key art, hopefully. We'll see, you know? And then, you know... We'll just sit down and do the paperwork, and we'll just you know, do the whole do the whole partnership. I love it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, but uh, it's exciting to see. It. There's nothing more exciting to me than when someone follows their crazy passion, has no right, no business, necessarily moving to LA at that juncture of your life, you know, mm-hmm. to envision that. But I had the same things, you know, it's like I had no business doing what I was doing early in my career, but, uh, but it somehow works out and mm-hmm. it's something about in the, and there isn't, uh, I, I laugh sometimes about the social media sort of business leaders and, and lifestyle coaches and professional coaches you can hire. And there's the same like eight things that the principles are. Mm-hmm. Even like I like Gary Vee, but at the same time I oh, don't like. Great. Yeah, it's great, but at the same time there's like something you know. Yeah, these yeah, principles you just get yeah. pounded over yep. and over again. Yep. It's like yeah, I get it. Eventually you just got to go do it. You're yeah. never you ready. Just go do it. You That's do the, the point. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like getting your CV ready or making sure you worked, uh, you know, uh, up some chain. You're just yeah. gonna take the opportunities you have and. Uh, take your shot you know Mm -hmm. to take the Hamilton reference but the you know shoot your shot so anyway it's been cool to to meet you and watch what's happening you know the last two three years I've been dialed into your Instagram stuff I'm like every so often be like Josh what the fuck was that like that now you're doing what yeah Yeah. and just on paper you're like okay good luck kid have fun out there a lot of people out there doing the same thing wanting to take the thing so Hats off to you, and uh, look forward to shooting some stuff with you next week. Thank you for this. All right. You got it, buddy. Thanks. Well, did you enjoy that conversation as much as I did? I got inspired, man. I got uh, listening and talking to Josh and then seeing more of his work and learning about his partnership with Johnny Johnny McLean, a very talented writer, co-director, co-producer that Josh works with all the time. What an amazing duo they are. The, the short film they directed, uh, Somewhere in the Clouds, is in final edit. I'm not sure exactly when it'll come out, but man, uh, it's a great film, and it's a great script that Johnny wrote. And as you heard, Grand Rapids is uh, very much uh, in Michigan. Is, is They want to put Grand Rapids at the forefront of film and media production. 
uh, from Los Angeles. Uh, you know, he's doing it from there, but with eyes on Grand Rapids and, and has many exciting plans coming out throughout 2021. So, hey, thanks for joining me. If you made it this far, man, uh, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate every single listener. I appreciate all the notes, all the little messages I get about each episode. Um, make sure you like and follow us on Facebook and also uh, check out the episode page with Josh uh, at Full Exposure podcast.com it's your one-stop shopping it's got all the portraits we shot in the studio it's got the full audio of this conversation it's got video excerpts of our conversation from this podcast so check it out full exposure podcast.com all right everybody have a great week let's go get it take care the full exposure podcast is brought to you by metro health university of michigan health and dr peter hahn in appreciation of the creative and artistic visionaries who enrich our lives through cultural connections.